Hey everyone, you're listening to Empower Outdoors Podcast. The recording you're about to hear is with Nicole Stone Outdoors, um, and it's myself and Phil Stepp, of course. If you think it sounds a little odd, the sound at least, um, it's because me and Phil were recording in our car. It was just kind of what happened, what we had to do, um, and then Nicole's on the phone. So if it sounds a little weird, that's why, but um, we are working on getting some new recording equipment, so we're pretty excited about that so we can bring the best show possible to you guys. So thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Waiting for midnight sky to burn Thanks for tuning in to Empower Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Allie Dutine. And I'm your co-host, Phil Stepp. Um, today, I'm super excited. Um, we have a guest. Her name is Nicole Stone. Um, she's an, originally from Minnesota. She's a farm gal from Minnesota, but now lives in North Dakota. She's a super passionate angler, an entrepreneur, and she actually has nearly 17,000 followers on Instagram because of her outdoor adventures. So, Pretty awesome to have Nicole Stone join the show today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm super excited that you're here. Um, so for all of our listeners out there, we are, Nicole's at home and we're here in Minnesota. So um, we, if we have any weird like sound blips, that's just because we're doing this over the phone. So yeah. <laughs> so Nicole, tell us a little bit about your your background with um, basically with fishing and how you got into and who introduced you to fishing. Yeah. So I started fishing when I was about six years old. My parents took me out of school and we went sucker fishing down at the local river. And that was kind of when I got hooked on it. Sucker fishing is really fun as a kid. The fish are big. It's an easy type of fishing to do. And then um, from there, my interest really just grew. My mom is also a big angler in the family out of my brother and my father. She probably gets into it the most. So that always helps too. My female role model loved fishing and um, we still fish a lot together, just the two of us to this day. So definitely just starting out young and actually catching fish is what got me hooked. Yeah, for sure. As far as um, fishing now, how often do you, do you get out on the water or on the frozen water? <laughs> <laughs> well, I try to get out every Friday through Sunday. I wish I could get out more, but I, we got to make money, right? So um, that's kind of when we take our trips. And my husband and I really enjoy going far. Like we'll go up to Manitoba. We like going up to Rainy Lake or Rainy River, Red Lake. Oh, I went to Red Lake way too much this winter. Um, <laughs> so we, we travel. And then that obviously just turns these weekends into a little bit longer weekend because the travel time cuts into it a little bit. So that's probably on average how much I fish is the, just the long weekend. That isn't too bad. I, I mean, I wish I could fish Friday through Sunday every weekend. <laughs> we get told that a lot. It's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that it shows you, that you fish quite a bit because at least from looking at your Instagram and seeing how many fish you actually catch, you're putting in that time. So it really does make a difference in the fish that you're catching. So. Oh, yes. Awesome. I mean, the best part of becoming like to become a better fisherman, you have to fish frequently. That's just what it comes down to. So we definitely try to go hard when we go and it's paying off, which is nice. 
Yeah, work hard, play hard. That's my motto. Yes, absolutely. Except for it seems like I'm doing a lot more working hard than playing hard lately. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you you kind of quit your your first job for focusing more on the outdoors, correct? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So I went to school to be an atmospheric scientist, which is a fan like is just a little bit more. It's kind of a fancy word for being a weather person. Um, so I'm, I'm by education, I'm a weather person. I ended up getting hired by the college here to run their mesonet, which is all the like climate stations that take temperature, all that, those types of measurements. So when you look to see on your phone, what the temperature is, I was running the hardware for that stuff. Um, and when I got to do that, I was also able to take master courses in natural resources, which fell in line with my hobbies. And I fell in love with that even more so. And then some time went by and I realized, like, I have all these dreams. I love my hobbies. I was, you know, working more than I was enjoying some of these hobbies. Like, I I would be working all week and then I wouldn't be able to go fishing on the weekends because then we had to do, you know, family stuff or so on and so forth. So I finally kind of decided to take the leap and just jump out of academia and out of research and being a meteorologist and just go all in on outdoor promoting, outdoor writing, making websites, those types of things so that I can kind of work on the road and do what I love the most, which is being outdoors and really these last few years fishing. So that's kind of how I made that that change was really from science to more media. And it's been great because I've gotten to go on more adventures in the last year of my life than I had up to that point. So that is awesome. That, I mean, I can definitely relate with that. We have very similar stories. Obviously I wasn't in, I was not a scientist, but (laughs) I can definitely relate with that and the feeling of wanting to make your hobbies, your career. So kudos to you. Yeah. More power to you. No, thank you. And to you too, for, you know, taking that chance right now and going for it. Cause I know it's really this juggle, I think between you have to do it at a time when you're not responsible for, for children, I guess is how I felt. And is that kind of how it is for you, Allie? Like, you kind of decided to do it before because you're married yeah, and kind of exactly before responsibility picked up. (laughs) Yep. Well, yeah, my husband and I, we don't have any kids yet or anything. So it, it kind of was a sweet spot in my life where I felt like I could take a little leap of faith and see, especially um, being successful at it when I do decide or when we do decide to have kids, it might um, be even more flexible for that type of, uh, that career plus kids you know I could I could pull back if I need to or whatnot flexibility Mm -hmm. you get it absolutely I'm right there with you same same story thanks for listening to this episode of empower outdoors with Nicole Stone if you are interested in sponsoring a empower outdoors show, please go to alleyupnorth.com slash empoweroutdoors and fill out the contact form. Thanks so much for listening. What's your best or most memorable catch that you've had? So uh, my best catch is any walleye over 25 inches and I'm like jumping for joy. That's my best catch. (laughs) My new best catch every time. I mean, walleye is just a difficult fish to catch in general. And so I, that's probably every time I catch one, it's like on my best list. And my most memorable fish, like if just, if I thought about what kind of changed my love for fishing, it was probably the first pike I got over 40 inches. Cause that was the biggest fish I had caught to that point in time. Um, and you guys know pike fishing, they're just a blast to reel in. And yeah. I was younger at the time. So I was just like, this was 
unbelievable. This big fish, I brought it in, I caught it. So that was probably my most memorable. And recently I went sturgeon fishing, actually last weekend, and I pulled in a 59-inch sturgeon, which was a whole new level of fishing, and it took like 30 minutes to reel it in. And that's probably a new memory because I've just never – they're just the oddest-looking fish. I mean – they're pretty that's historic. a pretty big that's a pretty big fish for a for a hundred uh, percent freshwater fish. I know out in the Columbian River they get them, you know, they dump into the ocean, they get them a lot bigger than that. But for uh northern Minnesota, 59-inch surgeon is it's about as big as they get. Yes. I mean it was incredible and it was quite a fight. But you know what? Like it's crazy because fishing up there is becoming more and more popular. And this is on Rainy right. River. Um right. and a couple people we were talking to caught them in the mid-sixties. I was like, I can't even imagine because at that point they're weight is growing at such a significant like rate for every inch you're adding especially because the girth gets so much bigger like i can't even imagine hauling one of those in because the 59 took a lot of energy just to hang on to that rod while that thing wore itself down so yeah it was incredible so so basically in the last in the last uh few years you've gone from you know having this hobby of fishing and hunting to being able to do it pretty much uh every weekend right Yes, I mean, all the time, I mean, every Friday through Sunday, like I said, and then this winter I didn't work enough and went like in the middle of the week, <laughs> the Red Lake, right. so yeah, but I'm lucky because I can work on the road now, and that was the whole idea. So so what kind of advice would you have to people maybe that aren't aren't necessarily going to uh, hop in and, and, you know, make it a full-time gig or try to do it for a career, but just want to make sure that they uh, can can enjoy the outdoors, maybe never have to, what would be the biggest first piece of advice you could give to somebody that's maybe never fished before, maybe a young adult or, you know, a teenager, that kind of thing that able to go out on their own, but just doesn't really know where to start. Yeah. So don't overcomplicate it and don't make it expensive. I think people, they go in fishing and they think they have to buy the most expensive this or the most expensive rod and know all these, you know, fancy techniques in the beginning. It's all about becoming not only used to fishing, but addicted to fishing. And you have to catch fish for that to happen. Like you really do. So I avoid, you know, like avoid fishing for walleye. Kind of kidding, but kind of not. Yeah. And then, no, I completely agree with that. Yeah. And then fish for, you know, pike and panfish, those fish where you're pretty guaranteed to catch something when you go out. You can fish from banks. You don't need any fancy gear. You know, you just need to go to Walmart and pick up a rod and a reel and go, you know, some silver, yep. some spoons, whatever, throw it out there and you're going to catch something. And that's kind of how you, to, to just to get used to fishing in general, fish from a bank. And then once you start, you know, loving fishing and you're like, oh, this is really a passion. Then that, uh, the rest of the stuff just starts coming with it. Like, oh, you want to try this technique or you want to target this fish or you want to buy this. Like, it's kind of an evolution. But I feel like people jump in, try all this fancy stuff right away, don't get any fish, and then they quit. And that's the worst thing you can do. Like, that's how people that get burnt out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you could probably go to Walmart and get an ugly stick and a daredevil for about 20 bucks. Exactly. Probably, you could probably spend the entire summer just fishing with, with that and probably catch a pile of pike. Absolutely. And then you'll learn to love it because you're catching fish all the time. And, and right. exactly. And then the rest just kind of evolves the more and more you do it. Cool. That's, that's great advice. Um, so you, you talked about kind of your most memorable fish and I know you like to catch really big fish. You went up to Manitoba recently and caught a few greenback. Is that correct? Yes. So uh, I got, I became very addicted to fishing like Winnipeg. The fish there, there's just such a large number of large walleye in that lake. It's absolutely incredible. It's an anomaly. It's just, most people go up there. If they have anybody they can reach out to, to kind of know where the fish are congregated, they're going to catch big fish. There's nothing fancy about it. It's just fun. Um, And you take, 
lipless crankbaits and you just sit there and jig with them. You take these huge lipless cr- crankbaits, stick some dead salted shiners on there, and you just go to town with it and you're going to pull up some really big fish. And that is so addicting. I'd much rather drive. It's like three and a half, four hours for us. I'd much rather drive four hours up there and do that than, um, you know, just drive 40 minutes down the road and not catch any fish all weekend. So we were doing oh, yeah. that caught, like, I think we went three times, um, and we'd stay there for three to four days and just fish, fish, fish. And it was well worth it. So that's, I know on my Instagram or on my YouTube, people like love these big, beautiful green bags and they want to know where they came from. Well, it's really no secret. They came from a lake that's loaded with them. That's really easy to fish. You just have to go there. So somebody that was looking to, to get there, um, are there a few different bait shops that you could probably look on Google and find and, and call up and they'd probably point you in the right direction? Is it that kind of, is it that easy to, to get out on the lake? Yeah. So smoking fish is a big one. People call that's right in Selkirk so if you know so Lake Winnipeg is absolutely huge you're only fishing the southern tip of the southern basin um right kind of right out in front of the Red River is all people fish but that's still such a huge body of water that if the fish are on the southeast side instead of the west side like that could make the difference of your success um a lot of times that bait shop will give you you know point you in the right direction I found this last year the best thing I ever did was reach out to locals from that area that fish there I mean you, you learn to fish a lake by fishing it often. So these guys fished there all week long, and they were nice enough to really help kind of lead us out in the right direction, into the right spots, and get us on fish. And that made a huge difference because last year when we did it, we were on the wrong side of the lake at the wrong time, and it we did, we did okay, but it was nothing spectacular. This year, I caught more big fish in a weekend than I ever had up in my, you know, to that point in my life. That sounds pretty incredible to me. Yeah, it is incredible. Yeah. We'll go. Next yeah. <laughs> what, what would be your vi- advice in, you know, reaching out to local people? Did you do that through, like, did you find them on Instagram or on, on social media? Or how did you find the people that you, you know, connected with? Yeah, I, it was Instagram. So the power of Instagram. I love it. Um, So I, I follow these people. I see their big fish. I follow them. Love seeing all these, you know, big greenbacks. So I just took the chance and wrote, said, Hey, we want to come up there. Is there any advice, you know, you guys could give us? I never ask, please take me to your fishing spot, right? I just say, we'd like to catch fish. It's a long drive. We respect your spots. We, but we can't, you know, learn this lake as well as you because we're just too far away. Like, it's not practical. Um, I mean, we live in a different country. So what, thankfully, they're all really, really nice and have no problem um, helping you. Most people don't, most people want to help you, I guess is what I've learned on social media. And these guys, some of them have now become my really good friends and they literally took us out there like with their own trucks. Cause we were driving trucks at the time and brought us to the spots, got us on fish. And they were more than happy, you know, to do that for us as long as we were kind, respectful to not share those spots on social media and really just showed them gratitude for taking the time for us. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. I think that, you know, people are genuinely like that no matter where you go. Yeah. Um, it seems like, and, and people, as long as you're respect, respectful of their spots and, and their resources, really, you're not going there and killing every single walleye you catch. Exactly. Um, that kind of thing. People, people love to talk about themselves and their, their success. So if you can find locals that are willing to, you know, talk a little bit, uh, that goes a long way. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. And they, and, and especially, if you give them credit for putting in the work when you don't, you know, I think that's probably one yeah. of the things too, is taking credit for something you didn't put the work in for. So that's the other part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good advice. And I think that that, that kind of relationship building, especially Instagram is a kind of a big community of outdoorsmen and women that 
if they are posting, if most of their posts are about, you know, fishing or hunting or whatnot, like they're likely they're kind of ambassadors for the outdoors and they do want other people to be interested in it. Absolutely. That's exactly it. So, um, speaking of that though, too, um, you, we talked a little bit about you having quite a few followers on Instagram, for instance. Um, what is it kind of like to be an outdoors woman kind of in that social media spotlight? So it's primarily good. I've, I got like the connections and the help I've gotten with fishing and people trying to help me and that all that part has been incredible. Like it's opened more doors for me than I could have ever dreamed. At the same time, there are always the, the people that just want to be like, oh, you're just a, I don't know, like an Insta celebrity, they call us, right? Like just you just take photos with the fish. You don't know what you're doing. There's always those people that are just kind of trying to bring you down. I've noticed on Instagram, it's there. Everyone's a lot nicer. Uh, Facebook and YouTube is where the real, you know, trolls, I call them trolls, want to come yeah. out and just yeah. kind of bring us down, like just because we're women. I've had the most oddest comments on those on those platforms. And I really feel like those though are, they're just very few and far between. It's just when we see it or we hear it, they're the ones that stick with us, right? Or some of the negative mm-hmm. comments, but for every one negative comment, you get a um, hundred good ones. And I like, it all makes up for it when you have that one woman, I'm sure you've had this too, like that one woman or girl be like, Oh, I really found this inspiring. Or I seen you fishing, you know, by yourself. Now I'm going to go out that type of stuff where, Somebody sees you can do it, they can do it, and then you just created another person, you know, that's also being an ambassador for the outdoors or getting more into it. That inspirational part of it's kind of the most rewarding, if that makes sense. I think that's my favorite part about it, too, is I've had people reach out to me or, or other women saying, you're inspiring me to try um, archery or you're inspiring me to do something else in the outdoors or hunt or whatnot. I think that's the most rewarding part of, you know, kind of putting myself out there and you putting yourself out there on, on social media is that they, it is impacting some people. Yeah. I think those are, that's, that's absolutely great. One thing I would maybe add to that is the people that are listening out there who are trying to get into hunting or fishing, who follow people like you and Allie um, and me, even I, I mean, I'm not even close to the amount of followers you two have, but um when, when you're on social media, don't be afraid to ask questions in the comments, you know, Hey, um, I'm look, you know, I was inspired by your, your, uh, your fishing, you know, I want to get into fishing. I live in, you know, Southeastern Minnesota. Do you have any tips or, do you know, anybody I could talk to that would maybe help me get into it because you've got this, such this big network of people. Um, and it's really easy to talk to people online, just like it's easy to make evil comments about people online. It, right. it is easier to, to go up and approach somebody. So, um, you know, I would say, for anybody out there that's a little bit connected on Instagram or Facebook, if you have questions, uh, send people messages and just kind of try to get started that way. Oh gosh, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, I would totally, I don't think I've ever had anybody ask me a question about hunting or fishing on Facebook or Instagram. Granted, I don't post m- many pictures at all on it. And I did this last weekend, but, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think I've ever had someone say, Hey, I noticed you, you know, do this, this, and this, how do I get started with it? That's good points. I noticed like a huge surge of, so beginning of ice fishing, November, right? Nobody else is on the ice, but we can be on the ice. So you get this group of people that are just obsessed and they can't do it. They want it so badly. Um, Those people, I was getting just a fluctuation of questions just going on and on about like, what gear should I buy? What auger should I buy? You know, this type of thing, all this new gear coming out. And that really opened my eyes to the power we have, like all of us who are in the, you know, the digital media realm. I did like a, a, 
uh, YouTube video on what auger to pick. And the flood of comments I started getting and questions and people saying they, they want to buy it. Where can they buy it? Or can I send them one? I'm like, oh, like, I don't, I don't make these. I don't sell these. This is just a recommendation. <laughs> but it's just the yeah. power is there. You're right. When they ask questions, mm-hmm. they get all these answers. And it's nice, too, is if we're not sponsored at the time, you know, we can really give out a lot of helpful, helpful um, advice that these people wouldn't find elsewhere. Because, unfortunately, a lot of it's either... I don't know, like it's biased one way for a sponsorship or it's from a company, but when thought yeah. it's real, yeah. real people. Yeah, but it's an honest opinion about which one you would choose no matter what. Well, exactly. and I think that even the auger example is a good example um, for me and using an auger. I need something lighter and just and something that I can start on my own. Um, so like if other women are watching your recommendation, it means something because because you're a woman, I think. They can relate. Me, yes. Yeah, if I were to buy an auger, I would want to see what you're using because I we have an auger that I can't even use, me and Nick, because it's too heavy for me. It's, you know, it's too long. Like, I can't lift it. Too tall, yeah. It's too <laughs> tall, yeah. And it's just like, but I can use an auger. I just, I need a specific one. Right. Yeah. And you can relate to a young woman who also needs an auger that's using one. Like, that's the nice power of social media that you don't get from a lot of times from TV or ads or whatever it may be. Exactly. Um, also, you have a page that you run called Ladies of Angling? It is. It's me and Nebraska Muskie Girl. Her name's Erin Howard, but I think most people in the social media realm know her as Nebraska Muskie Girl. Started this um, page, Ladies of Angling, where... Not only do we showcase all these women anglers, but the idea is to kind of show their knowledge as well. You know, articles on how to catch fish or what gear to buy that are really backed by knowledge and not just a photo on a social media realm. So it's it's there to take a lot of these women that have worked so hard to build up their social media or to show that they have a love for fishing, take it to the next level, and we feature them on this site. So we're hoping to keep building that and having more and more information for, you know, men or women to come look at, but it's all like, Woman backed, if that makes sense, like lady angler backed, because we're lady well, anglers. A, <laughs> yeah, and it's a huge. That's a huge part of the business. I mean, I was shocked when I did a little bit of research on it, um, according to the Women's Outdoor News, that 8.9 million out of the 33.1 million anglers in the U.S. are women. I would I would have guessed, um, and I think that's about 20 something percent. I would have guessed probably five percent, honestly. Oh, yeah. um, just because I don't, I don't really know many that fish, but you're talking 8.9 million women in the U S that fish. That is an incredible number. And well, that, that number is. is probably even bigger now oh, yeah. because I think that was the 2011 census records. Yeah. It was something like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and we, you know, we just don't have more updated you know, census yet. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, that, I mean, I, I can believe it, but I think that it, it is introducing and trying to, you know, get more women and, into fishing absolutely yep yeah that's the goal and it's a lot of it i noticed as a woman it's like yeah she's doing this that of course i can do this you know sometimes it's easier to be complacent at least for me and then i get reminded well these people are doing all these things i can do them i think social media does that and ladies of angling is just meant to take that to the next level for the women and ladies ladies of angling is an actual website yeah instagram Instagram page is it a website it's a website so it's the instagram's just backing the website our actual site is ladiesofangling.com and we have like catch of the week type of stuff going on there um and then we also have how-to articles gear articles like we have caitlin woodward how to set up your kayak for bow fishing like something like that that a lot of people want to know how to do that 
uh, that type of stuff is all on there. Like what I use for walleye fishing. So if women want to know, they just go to our website and it's all right there for them. And we're just going to keep adding so, stuff every week. So the 8.9 8. million women that are listening to this podcast right now, <laughs> go there and, and, and figure it out. Yes, all of them. <laughs> yep. No, that's awesome. We're I think next week we're talking to Caitlin Woodward as well. So it's cool to hear her name pop up. Oh, yeah, she's big. I'm a big fan. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so that's where you, we can go to get some tips and tricks from you from you and uh, all the other ladies. And Nebraska Muskie Girl. I was I, I was surprised to hear Nebraska Muskie Girl. I didn't know there was muskies in Nebraska. Of course, there's probably there's probably muskies in every state in some capacity. Yeah. Yes. Mm. There, there, I was surprised, too, when I met her that there was muskies in Nebraska. She definitely proved that there are. But now she's lived yeah. in Utah, so. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, and next weekend, since it is the Minnesota Fishing Opener, what kinds of tips would you have for somebody who's, you know, wants to get out fishing on their own? Oh, so, yeah. So, like I've talked about with the starting out fishing, you know, keep it simple. Fish from shore. The kayak thing is big now. By you know, go in with a budget and just get fishing. I noticed, though, that, especially this was how I was in high school, you start, walleye fishing is a prime example of this. You start wanting to search out walleye, or it gets to be later in the year, let's say, even in an early spring. I'm assuming this spring will be pretty good because the water's been cool. Ice out's just happening right now. Um, so, so opening should be really good. But in a lot of years, when it's, the water starts warming up, fish you know, start getting more stagnant, it gets to be really difficult. And at that point, if you're an advanced angler really struggling to catch fish, and when I say advanced, like you've got years into this, you want to take it to the next level, I always recommend trusting your electronics because even though there's textbook knowledge, it's like we should all have textbook knowledge, especially if we want to kind of take fishing to the next level. But having that knowledge and using it as kind of like a guide versus relying on it are two different things. Um, and you have to, when you're not catching fish, you have to throw out what you know and be willing to just find the fish. And that's where I always, always recommend, like, if you have electronics, if you've invested in any sort of electronics, whether it be sonar, underwater camera, down imaging, side imaging, use it and trust it and figure out what's down there. Because you'll think those fish are in the shallows, 10 feet next to weeds, and you'll find them 30 feet in the rocks. But the only way you're going to do that is by using your electronics. So this is kind of like for those anglers that are, you know, diehard walleye fishermen, and they just, it's tough. I've found that to be like a lifesaver. I'll, you know, use my electronics. I'll smart fish down there. I'll drop. Nowadays, underwater cameras, you can get them. So if they're like really small, if I have one of those on hand, I'll see what it is. And then I can, you know, really learn what my sonar is telling me. Like, oh, this is a walleye. Or wait a minute, that, you know, that was a sturgeon down there. <laughs> it would be a big yeah. mark. But you get what I'm saying. Like, it's, yeah. um, that's, a, that's probably my best advice is use your textbook knowledge. Use what you think you know. But then. Don't rely on it. Rely on your electronics. Rely on your tools. I like that. I like that advice a lot. And that's that's something that I've struggled with in the past. Um, even moving from bodies, you know, one body of water to another, you really have to, just because something works well in Northeastern Minnesota does not mean it's going to work well anywhere else uh, and no. vice versa. You know, if you went to a lake around here in the middle of January um, and you jig those lipless rats down, you probably wouldn't catch a single walleye. Oh, no. You might, <laughs> but, but, but you, you probably wouldn't. Yep. So basically, I, I really like that, uh, 
you know, basically take what you know and throw it out the window and start over. I really like that advice. I think that's great advice for anybody who's even just starting out and has heard a lot and not necessarily has a ton of fishing experience, but a bunch of what they've heard to do. Right. Um, sometimes it's easy to get consumed with what you see on Facebook and, and Instagram and think you need to do it this way. Um, but really just going out there and, and starting over and starting fresh is a, is a great tip. Not being afraid to change it up and, and yeah. you know, make things happen. Yeah. That's Using a, your yes. fish finder or whatnot. Yes, try new presentations. Exactly. That's probably my biggest advice. And something I struggle with because at the end of the day, you want to catch a fish. And if you heard this guy was catching a fish this way, you're going to do it <laughs> until you yep. are spent the whole day out there with nothing. And that's what really kills people's interest in fishing, sadly. Yeah, for sure. What, what about species of fish for this, this year's opener if uh, you're going to recommend someone that was new that wants to go out next weekend? Uh, what would you say you should target? Would you would you target northern first and then maybe try for walleye later, or what would you do? Um, so, well, I guess it depends on what if you're fishing a river or if you're fishing a lake. Um, I'm not sure what the spawn is going on on some of these lakes because ice out is just happening now. But, like, for example, if you're up north fishing Rainy River, the spawn should be over, and then fishing should – and then there's, like, that – so from, my under, from what I've learned, uh, so much of it depends on the temperature of the water and daylight. Daylight standard temperature water varies depending on the year, right? Or right. the the source of water, right? Like a lake, a stream, a reservoir. Um, and so what I found, and this is where you go out there and knowing the water temperature is important, especially for walleye. If you're planning on targeting walleye, which most Minnesotans are on opener, um, what you want to do, so the week right after spawning, the bite's going to be terrible. And normally the spawn happens when season's closed anyways. So let's say it's happening, bite's going to be terrible. Week after, those fish are pretty much stressed out at that point. Bite's going to be terrible. A couple weeks after, now they're getting hungry. Now that's going to be great fishing. So where that falls depends so much on temperature. And I know like fish usually spawn in the mid to upper 40s. And so then there's that recovery period. They only spawn for a few days. So it's not a significant amount of time by any means you know, there's that stagnant period after, and then fishing picks up really well. And then the same thing goes right before. Why everybody congregates to Rainy River in the spring is because pre-spawn, the fish are migrating to their spawning territories. They're, they're hungry. They're going to eat right before they spawn. So it's finding the temperature and kind of using the, t the, the time of the year. So personally, it's going to depend on what water I go to. Um, I'm kind of up and down about if I want to go up north again and hit the rainy river because I truly believe that the bite will be picking up there again. Or if I want to go and see what we're looking at at some of these lakes, since some of them haven't even fully lost ice yet. I know Otter Tail. Yeah, we're, not, we're not even close here, I don't think. No, you guys aren't. Okay. We've started no. opening up a lot of our bodies of water. Um, but, you know, some of them are still, it's going to depend on what this next week does. So that's tough. And that's just kind of using, that's where textbook knowledge can help you is, yeah, right. So so northern Minnesota this next weekend, probably fishing areas where you know that they traditionally spawn like um, earlier you know, inlets or maybe windblown shorelines, that kind of thing. Yes. And I okay, think cool. like, yeah, that would be like for walleye. I mean, I'm not huge into the what's behind the, the northern pike. I've always I just catch northern pike. It's usually never that difficult. So. Yeah, I don't know either. It just it seems like I've never had a problem catching them. So I've never had to worry about it. Exactly. And I haven't really paid much attention to them with this type of scenario. It's crazy. You guys are still covered in ice. I mean, that much so that you might not even drop it until after. Yeah, we had, we had a year just a few years back where we were ice fishing on opener. Yeah, there's a lake uh, that I frequently ice fish on up north here that I think as of a couple days ago still had 20 inches of ice. Yeah. So. Was it rotting ice? Was it pretty like honeycombed out, or was it actually 
still kind of solid. Uh, I don't know how warm you guys have been. I should be paying attention, but I haven't been. Warm a few days ago. Yeah, we had we had snow just like last week or last weekend. Last weekend, yeah, there was probably an inch and a half that we got up here. Okay. No. Yeah. Well, that let me know if you end up ice fishing. <laughs> that would be so cool. Trust me. <laughs> Write a blog about the ice fishing on fishing opener. <laughs> I'll, I'll be. Fishing, I'll probably be fishing an inlet somewhere um, that you know the ice will be gone from. Yeah. I'll be fishing like some sort of spawning area, probably. I'm actually going to be on uh, Green Lake in Wilmer for the Minnesota Governor's fishing mm-hmm. opener. So I'll be oh. there on Saturday, but then Sunday I'll be home again. So I'll are you fishing and- it, or are you doing like a media thing? I, I am fishing. Um, oh, nice. I'm with WSI Sports, and uh, I'm not going as a media member, but I will definitely get some great content too for for social media and blogs and things like that. So awesome! Very fun. So that'll be nice. That information that you gave us, um, I thought the information that you gave us was awesome. And I think that that's really going to be important for people that maybe want to start fishing this year, or maybe have in the past, but. You know, really want to get into it this year. So I really thank you for that. That was a very good insight, more than what I can give, just because I don't even re- really remember when I started fishing. Mm-hmm. So for me to, to say to someone, well, this is what you should do if you're new, is, is kind of obsolete. Oh, well, I'm glad I could be on here. And I'm glad you guys found some useful stuff. Hopefully it makes sense when you, it's easy to ramble. <laughs> I probably rambled a lot, but thanks for having me. Yeah, and so where people can find you would be um, on Instagram as Nicole Stone Outdoors, correct? Where else can they find you? On YouTube. I'm trying to do the whole YouTube thing. So YouTube, Nicole Stone Outdoors, Facebook, Nicole Stone Outdoors, Twitter, Nicole Stone Outdoors. And then ladiesofangling.com is where I'm like trying to get everyone to also go to check on fishing updates and information and, you know, submit your photos to us so we can feature you or any tips you have for other women. That's kind of our goal with this. And then also... Yeah, that's pretty much, I run kind of a separate business at NicoleStone.com if you're interested in, like, outdoor content, SEO writing, that type of thing. That's awesome. Yeah, I would, I would highly recommend taking a look at all those. And, uh, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Oh, great. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Empower Outdoors. We will next week be talking to Caitlin Woodward about bow fishing. So make sure to tune in. Thanks a lot, guys, and I'm really looking forward to next week as well. And thanks, Nicole, again for coming, and we will talk to you all later.